it's me again. Uh, long time no talk, but I've definitely had a lot on my mind and on my plate. I'm always doing something, if you can't tell. Uh, I did want to come on here to just talk about a couple of things that I've been thinking about recently. So the other day I was in my car and I caught myself just doing my typical overthinking. And I know that I say to never harbor your feelings or let them build up because, you know, that can lead to them boiling over, which then leads to negative reaction. But I actually found an exception to this idea. Recently, I caught myself holding on to something and I had to ponder whether it was a good or bad idea. I ended up finding that in some situations, it is really good to think about how you're feeling and whether it is something that you want addressed outside of your brain or not. For someone who doesn't always have the best initial reaction, confirming that I still feel a certain way about something a couple of days later is actually extremely helpful. Time's relative, so there's really no dates about how long that might take you to validate your own feelings. But in order to avoid the state of regret and not, you know, let things get to me, I am someone who likes to take this time for myself. But this, this time also comes with a certain level of communication and maturity to, you know, stop the other party if anyone's involved and say, hey, I, I need time to process this and I'll get back to you. Or, or not, even if that means not mentioning anything, you know, if this is an out of the blue concern for you, just not mentioning anything until you know for sure that you strongly and firmly feel this way and you are able to confidently execute your reaction versus just going for it and you know maybe you're someone who is really good at just going for it and sometimes that is the case for me but sometimes it's not so make sure that you are going to keep the same perspective and confidently stand by it if you're going to act on a whim. Being able to do that is definitely achieving levels of your highest self. For me, at least, being my highest self is eventually being able to instantly react on situations and express my emotions without ever having to second guess myself or worry about things being taken the wrong way not overthinking anymore because I am so confidently myself that there's no room for question. I can't question myself. No one else can. Reaching that is definitely one of my lifelong goals, and I know I'll get there. We all will. But finding certain cues and people to relate to along the way is something that's helped me. Usually when you see someone on a path to their higher self, it will knock you into overdrive and give you motivation to also achieve your highest self. And your highest self probably isn't my highest self and vice versa. And that's okay. And, you know, recognizing that is extremely important starting off your journey. So on the topic of harboring one's feelings, you also have 
being able to empower your own emotions and feelings in a room full of people. I've always put people's feelings so far in front of my own that it led me to always putting myself in a box, making myself feel small instead of expressing what was actually important to me in that moment. And I didn't do this because I was, you know, worried about my own reaction being negative, but because I was more nervous to sit through someone else's reaction based off my news and how that was going to affect them more than I was concerned with how I felt in that moment. A good example of this is when I found out I was pregnant. Um, my grandparents have always had this hold over me. I've always wanted to make them proud. And I'm a, an avid people pleaser. And if you know me, you know that. Um, comes with my sass and strong will. I want to please every single person in the room at all times. And I was honestly just worried about getting disowned. I didn't even sit down with my grandparents in a room and this is on my father's side. I wasn't able to tell them face to face because I was so nervous that they weren't going to want me as their granddaughter anymore. Even though I was graduating college, I was working full time. I was doing all the things instead of putting my big girl pants on and just not giving a shit how anyone felt about it. I shrunk to judgment and this was non-existent judgment. I mean, I'm sure it existed, but it was not on the surface level. I didn't hear who's going to judge a pregnant woman to her face. I mean, there are some people, but I should have just stood up and said this with balls and bravery rather than shrinking to the possible judgment because they are more concerned with how they're going to look in a situation than getting their point across 90% of the time. So being able to proudly stand up for what you want in a room, I mean, that's one of the most empowering things adult can do. But my whole life, I've been this way. And this is a moment looking back that shouldn't have happened. You know, I shouldn't have shrunk to this. I shouldn't have made myself small. And to this day, sometimes I still lose this ability or can't find it in certain situations. But the reality of it is that no hierarchy of power in a societal setting or in your family puts someone else's emotions or feelings above your own in a room. You know, the more I respect myself, the more respect is given and received. Confidence and intimidation come with this and finding yourself and your voice. You don't necessarily want someone to be intimidated and scared of you in a room, but I think it's pretty badass to intimidate people because you are so unapologetically confident and you step into your decisions and your voice and you affirm everyone with what you have to say. I mean, that's a super empowering thing. Um, all right, so I've talked about harboring feelings, living shamelessly, and now I kind of want to jump over to the effect that substance can have on these concepts and ideas as well. 
Um, usually, you know, when I talk about things on here, it's because they're relevant in my own life. So I'm going to come out and be very honest that these are things I've noticed about alcohol within my own life and substance period. I'm not someone who is judgmental about addiction, substance use, or most things under that blanket. But I do want to talk about some substance use and mainly it being alcohol um, for this conversation. Alcohol and most drugs can be very easily accepted these days, but also can easily bring out a side of you that doesn't necessarily accurately depict the person that you are. Alcohol being a depressant, uh, you know, for one, after a couple of days drinking, you might notice fatigue and just being in a lower mindset, uh, not a great headspace. And, you know, I don't just mean a beer a day. Sure, that's not my cup of tea. I mean, it is, which is why it's not. Uh -huh. You know, I don't need a beer a day. But I've noticed after multiple days of taking part in substance, and it, like I said, you know, we were talking about alcohol right here, that it can actually lead to you feeling certain ways about the people surrounding you and the situations in your life. Knowing from the start that alcohol is a depressant and knowing from the start where you stand with any substance you might be using is crucial to your own well-being. There's a time, a place, and a headspace for everything. You know, time and place, don't take your own brain into account. And it's dire that when using any substance, you know where you are in your own mental. For me, I don't like the person that alcohol might bring out one day. And it's not always up to the user. You know, just because I choose to drink one day, my body might be really tired. And by that night, if I'm not in the best headspace, someone else has come, come out. But essentially, this comes back to, you know, regret and shame. If you're not in the best headspace, one of the most easily accessible things to you is probably substance of some sort. And it's going to be the easiest thing to pick up a lot of the time. But you've got to worry about how that's going to affect your brain later on. You know, when I am drinking because I've had a long week or long day, and then I act out of anger because I've had a long week, I'm dealing with stress, my brain didn't forget about that because I picked up a drink. You know, my brain talked my body, a part of my brain talked my body and the rest of my brain into believing that my problems were being resolved. Um, but that is not the case. Really, it stirred the pot. And then by this night, I'm taking out my stress and anger on every single other person in the room trying to have an enjoyable time. And 
this isn't a situation, you know, currently taking place as in like, I just got really drunk and acted out of pocket recently. But when I find myself in shame and regret due to alcohol, I'm left with more shame and regret because I'm the person who drank. I chose to drink and then I chose to let myself get to that point. And I also chose to react and let words just flow out of my mouth that I'm probably 90% sure wouldn't have said if I hadn't have tried to get rid of my stress. And so the point of all of this you know, me building all of this up is to come back to if you're not in a good headspace, it doesn't matter what you think is about to make you feel better in that moment. Stop and think what's going to make you feel better in a month. Because for me, it's not drinking today. Drinking today is not going to put me in a better spot in a month. But I, I came to terms with that on my own. And that's not to going to say, don't have a drink. That, I mean, no. Like I said, time, place, headspace. You've got to check your boxes. And you've got to worry about you. Putting you first is always going to be what is most crucial. But if you're on a self-love journey, don't forget who the first person you've got to learn to love is.